So it's Sunday, and it's Christmas. It's Sunday, and it's Christmas. And, uh, and, and so this is a really, really cool thing that, that Sundays are about Jesus, and Christmas is about Jesus, and we just smash the two together, and here you all are. And so I'm just really happy that you're taking time out of your Sunday to be here, out of your Christmas day, to be here, to be a part of what we're doing. I'm just so blessed. And, um, and so what I've listened to over the past decade as a church minister is a rhetoric in our culture that, that talks about this war against Christmas, you know, Christmas isn't really important, or Christmas is really about Santa Claus and gifts, and how many people got something from Santa today? Did you get something from Santa today? Did he, did he, did he, did he? Any kids up here? Any kids? Did you get something from Santa today? No? Maybe you haven't even opened gifts because you came to church in the morning, which is awesome. Um, did you get something from your parents today? Anybody, did anybody open any gifts that got something from your parents today? Cool. Did anybody get, did any adults open any gifts today? Any adults, did you open any gifts today yet? Okay, cool. So some of us have, some of us haven't, and that's awesome. So, so we've talked about this war on Christmas, but I think that there's actually a war on Christmas that actually can come from the church. And this is a little bit strange. It's a war on Christmas that says Christmas is really about family and not about Jesus. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And it's, and it's been crazy. So, so what we do is it's not just Christmas. It's about Sundays. We say, oh, Sundays aren't about, they're not about Jesus. Sundays should be time spent with family. And it's like, no, this is family. Our culture is breaking down family to be these little microorganisms. And God is saying, no. Your family is way bigger. The little microorganism, the couple of people you live with, isn't big enough to meet all your needs. How many people in your family have ever experienced a little bit of a battle in your family where maybe your sibling or your spouse or your mom or your dad was driving you absolutely nuts? How many people have been driven nuts by your family? I see that hand. I see nobody on the balcony. You all have perfect families. Please teach us. Um, yes. Our family, our family sometimes drives us nuts. And then what happens is we come into a larger setting and we find that there are people that are enjoying themselves, people who are having fun, people who are able to connect with us in a way our family that we live with isn't. This is family. But Christmas is about bringing Jesus into this family. And this is what we do on Sundays. We come together because we believe in Jesus and who he is as Lord. We believe that he is a soon coming king and we come together to gather on that and then around that common bond, now we experience true family. Now we experience connection around the foundation and the center point of Jesus. So if we take Jesus out of this, if we take Jesus out of Christmas, if we take Jesus out of church and make it only about family, 
it becomes like every other social institution in the world that's breaking down. You wouldn't come. You just wouldn't come. We need a unifying point, and that unifying point is the person of Jesus. So, this is simple. Look around. This isn't profound what we're doing. We have a single guitar player with no electric guitar solos. We have a guy up here with a pink name tag talking from a stage. This isn't overly complex, but what it is, is it's ordinary. It's a moment that we come together and we say, we're united around Jesus. We don't need a production for that, we need a reason. And Jesus gives us that reason. I'm gonna take us through two scripture verses, and I'm gonna show us some simple things about how God interrupting our normal life reorients it, us, about what we're looking forward to. Yesterday we talked about Christmas being about anticipation. We're looking forward to Jesus being, Jesus being the, the Lord, the soon coming king. And we see Jesus as an infant. So I'm going to compare these two narratives. Watch this. Thessalonians chapter 4, 15 to 18 says, For this we declare to you by the word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left on the coming of our Lord Jesus, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise. We look forward to this. The dead in Christ will, will rise. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together in the air or in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be together with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I am pulling out my phone because it has another Bible in it, and my battery is literally going to die, um, which would be fun. So encourage each other with these words. So often we do our best to separate Christmas and the return of Jesus. But today I'm just going to highlight this. Compare this narrative. Luke 1, 28 to 30. We read it yesterday. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled saying, at the saying and tried to discern the sort of greeting it might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you've found favor with God. Look at this. The presentation of Jesus is an angel coming and announcing with a word from the Lord. The presentation of Jesus' return is an angel coming we, and, and, a, and an anticipation. We declare by a word from the Lord. It starts from a word from the Lord. Have you heard a word from the Lord today? A reminder that Jesus is coming. It's not just he's here, but he is coming. And so it's a word from the Lord. The second thing. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. That's Luke 1, 32. Now watch this. Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord, the one who's in control, the King, will descend from heaven. So we have this, this ruler coming in both Jesus and Christmas and in the return. God has come to us and he will come again. The desire of God to live with us is, 
is tangible, and that's what we're doing at Christmas. It's the realization of a future hope, the promise of God with us. That's what we just prayed about. Luke 2, 8 to 14. I'm going to read this story. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news with great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, and you will lie him in a man- or and he will be laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those who he is pleased. First Thessalonians four sixteen, with the voice of the archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. We have the shepherds announcing, being announced that the that the God has come. And we look forward to the angels announcing that God has come. Do you see the way that God is mirroring and he is intentionally mirroring the original Christmas with his return? These two things should be linked in our theology. They should be linked when we think about God so that we don't just die, let the future die, or let the past die in the, in the past. We allow it to inform what we expect in the future. Luke 2, 16 and 17. And the shepherds went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known to him that had been said concerning the child. The sense that they went to be with the Lord. They went to, they went to him. You came from whatever you were doing this morning, your Christmas breakfast, your Christmas tradition, you came to be with your community as we meet with the Lord. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 says, So we will also always be with the Lord. The plan of God right now is for God to be present with us. When Jesus, before Jesus ascended, he said to his followers, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what Christmas is about. It's about coming together to be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. As we come into 2023, every week, Carve out time to bring your family together, to participate in the presence of God in a more tangible, present way than a regular life which is pulled in a thousand different directions. So many of us are, are, are good at this, and this becomes an anchor point for the rest of your life. <clears throat> this becomes the center, the point where you say, yes, We've made it. Becoming a pastor was interesting because we have these repeated things that happen every single week. But it took me a couple of years to realize that I don't have a 365-day year. I was saying this to somebody else recently. I don't have a 365-day year. I have a 52-day year. Many of you have a 365-day year, meaning that there's absolutely no consistent marker of a stop point. Every day is just, you keep on going and going and going and going and going, and one day bleeds into the next, and it bleeds into the next, and it bleeds into the next. But if we take Sundays and we say, stop, 
Just stop. We say Sunday, take Sundays and carve it out. It becomes a marked point that when you're at Wednesday and Thursday, you get to look forward and say, yeah, but Sunday, I rest with my family in the presence of God. Yeah, but this is coming. It becomes an anticipation. It becomes a way to break up that monotony of the same every single day. And Christmas is part of that as well. See, if we don't take our time to gather with others, we continually will be pulled in tons of different directions. And the gospel itself fades into something we heard about but we don't experience. So as I end up, I want to encourage us two things. The baby and the announcement to the baby is a reflection, and in our church language, we use the word foreshadowing. It's a foreshadowing of the announcement of Jesus' return. They overlap so that we know what to expect, so that we can say, God, too, has not abandoned his plan. And so let me, let me end in a word of prayer and a blessing to all of you. Lord Jesus, as we remember you as a baby, I thank you for this moment of rest that you've brought us together over the simple unifying fact that, God, you're not done. You're not done with this world. You're not done with me. And you're not done with anybody in this congregation right now. We are trained consistently to be busy, 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 busy because production and intelligence are some of the gods that we worship today. But you are a God who comes whether we deserved it or not, whether we earned it or not, you come. And so Jesus, I pray that in this moment as I pray that we would experience your peace, that we would experience your love, that we would experience your hope. That even as we engage back in the rest of the business and we, dump into, we jump into the chaos, God, that we would have these markers that say, yes, Jesus is come and is coming. That say, yes, I gathered with my community centered around the person of Jesus. Yes, in 2023, I can look forward to times of break so that it's not every single day bleeding into another, but I can look forward to times of rest with my community. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would allow us to have great peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. We have some, a couple of wonderful questions came up as I was praying, so, you know. Um, have a great rest of your Christmas day, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming, and take a couple minutes, greet people, get to know each other, don't just run out, and uh, there's lots of kids that are playing. Kids are allowed to play around the church building, it's totally okay, um, and have some fun. God bless you.